0: good morning everyone i'm so glad that you could join us today we're a couple minutes later than normal we've had a a couple challenges and uh technical difficulties but we're so glad that you're with us uh our live feed is uh not the way we anticipated so it looks like i'm behind a keyboard right now but trust me i don't sing and i don't play the piano so you've got me just with my voice and talking but uh we're going to have a great time today. I I believe the prophetic is just as powerful through these airwaves as it is um, written on the pages of the Bible. In fact, when you you look at the Bible, many of the passages Paul wrote and the epistles that he wrote were letters that they read and some of them were places that he had not yet visited. And yet the power that was packed in them through that message. So even as we're participating today via online and live stream, there is an aspect of the power of God that can transfer into your place because the word says where two or three are gathered in my name, there he is as well. So this morning we're doing a little different. It's a little more awkward for us here, but uh, we're going to have a great time. I believe God's going to touch you. I also want to thank uh, the technical team here, Justin and Olivia, they have worked and worked and worked and just tried so hard to get this to figure it out. And one week it works and the next week it doesn't. So I think they have a love-hate relationship with computers. But thank you, Justin and Olivia, for getting this going and uh, for you joining us today. Um, before we start the sermon, I asked our team if anybody had a word that God had impressed with them that I, I just felt last night that God wanted to speak to us as a body and speak to you as individuals. So I asked our team if anybody had a word that they felt God impressing, and I got some. one of them sent me a message. So I'm going to read off that message to you, and I'm going to use that as a jumping point for our sermon this morning. So uh, if you could turn in your Bibles, I, I texted earlier, I messaged earlier that we're going to be spending a little bit of time. We got about five or six passages that I want to spend a couple minutes in. And I want to see some principles pulled out from the word of God this morning. The first passage we're going to is Exodus 33. So if you could turn in your Bibles to Exodus 33. And as you're doing that, I'm going to go to this message that I was uh that I received this morning, and I want to read it to you uh, as to what what God had spoken to uh, to somebody in our in our team this morning. So I'm going to read this, and then we're going to spend a couple moments in Exodus 33 looking at that passage. So this is what was written to me this morning. There's a lot of shaking happening in people's hearts and minds during this time in our current per- personal current history. Some have lost their mornings. There have been moorings. Not your morning, your mooring. For example, they have no elders, no family, no parents or counselors to ask direction or to receive direction from. It's a new and totally unexpected set of difficulties that they have encountered. We all have encountered these, but some of these are magnified or, or increased with some uh, people. It's, it has become very personal. They may have an orphan spirit. And feel estranged. In Exodus 33, verse 21, Moses was talking with God and he was expressing his feelings. And God said to him, and listen to this this is how God responded to Moses pouring out his heart. He says, There is a place beside me. And the word this morning that I took from this uh, message that I received is, There is a place beside God that he has for you. So, and I'll continue reading, but God spoke to Moses and said, there's a place beside me. It's not distant. It is close. It is near. God was giving Moses a personal invitation to draw near to his provision and his presence. God still holds that invitation out to each of us. We are not orphans, but sons and daughters. Those totally provided for by our heavenly father. And then if you continue reading that passage in Exodus 33, which we will, it finishes by God saying, There is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. Stability, consistency, certainty. So I want to encourage you today that there is a place beside God that he has for you. And that place is his goodness, his power, his presence. Now, I want to go back to that passage in Exodus 33, because I went to it as I received that message, and I saw a few things that I'd like to use in that passage to build on that. It starts with uh, Moses having this conversation, and he's actually praying or interceding to God for the people or the nation of Israel. He is interceding not just for himself but for those around him that trust God, that know God, and yet some of them are stumbling, but he's, he's getting ready. He's, he's taken them out of Israel, uh, out of Egypt, and he's getting ready to take them into the promised land. And in verse uh, 14, uh, God says to Moses, he says, Listen, my presence shall go with you, and I'll give you rest. And Moses responds, and he says, If your presence does not go with us, then do not lead us up from here we are, you and I, are people of his presence. His presence is with us, and it is it never leaves us. In the New Testament, when Jesus came and he fulfilled these words, his presence now is with us always and all the time. And Moses is saying, listen, we're not leaving this place if you're not with us we need your presence and as a body as solid rock as a church as a corporate body we are people of his presence and individually you and i carry his presence everywhere we go so in the context that that i received and i shared that message from that context was where moses was talking to him and interceding on behalf of the children of israel god is speaking to him and it says listen with this, all this, I'm I'm going to go with you and I'm going to be with you. My presence will be with you. And they continue it. And, and uh, this is what Moses says, for how then can it be known that I've found favor in your sight? He's still talking to God saying, listen, we need your presence. We need you. He says, and how will we know how if we found favor in your sight? If I have and if, our, if your people have, is it not by your going with us? Listen, you and I have a distinguishing aspect as believers that God is with us. God is with you in your situation, in your marriage, in the struggles, in your finances, in your career. God is with you. And and Moses continues. He says, how will we know you're going it's going to be known that you are with us and your people that we are distinguished by, from all other people upon the face of the earth. So I want to encourage you that God is with you and he has a place beside him. So whatever you're facing, I, I, I know some people there's anxiety, some people there's worry, there's concern. I want to encourage you to cast those cares on Jesus, put them on him because he is with you and he is for you, and he has a place beside himself for you. So I want to leave that with you. I appreciate uh, the pastoral team and the, for them sending it through, and I believe that's a prophetic word for somebody today. Somebody listening has been struggling, challenging, or has has lost sleep, and God is here to tell you that he is with you. He has a place for you beside him, and it is upon his rock. And this whole conversation is in the backdrop of Moses interceding for the people of Israel. And I want to take that word intercede, and, and that word also refers to prayer. I want to spend the rest of this time this morning talking about prayer. What is prayer? We, we understand prayer sometimes as folding our hands and blessing the food before we eat. But prayer is so much larger and greater than that. As I studied the word, I found that it actually goes anywhere from asking a petition to praising God for a response. It goes all the way from the need to the supply, it goes all the way from the deficit all the way to the surplus. And so the word prayer is an encompassing, large, it has a large field. And it is not just a small little word, but it's large. Sometimes prayer can be seen in the words cried out to God. He talked with God. He cried to God. He beseeched him. He came to God. He interceded. And and it also talks about prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of rejoicing, prayers of praise. So we have such a large aspect of prayer. And I've been challenged as I've been studying and and looking at the word prayer to, to increase my prayer life. So I want to share with you about three or four aspects or thoughts with respect to prayer. And I'm hoping that you'll take notes, that you'll go back to these, that you'll look at these because these will help you. And I believe it will, your prayer life will grow and increase. First thing I want you to see is out of this passage is in Exodus 33, that prayer is an open dialogue. It's not a monologue. It's not just me dumping on God, and it's not just God putting on us. It's a conversation. It's a dialogue. It's God, me talking with God, and me listening to God. It's a dialogue. It's not a monologue. And also, I want you to see that prayer Connects us with God. In fact, when you read the Bible and you study the word prayer in the context of the Bible, you will find out that just about all the references of prayer refer to man and God. There's a connection with God and man. It's not just man to man, but there's a connection when we use the word prayer that invokes and brings God into that situation. It's a dialogue with God. In fact, it connects us. To God, who is bigger than us. Have you ever come to the end of your road? Have you ever come to a spot that says, I just can't take it anymore? And it's at that moment that prayer comes and it takes us and it invites God, who is bigger than us, into our situation. Prayer is a dialogue with God. We saw that in Exodus 33. Prayer is also an invitation. Prayer invites or it opens up the space for God to come and be a part of that. In Matthew five, if you turn to Matthew five with me, Matthew, uh, sorry, Matthew six, verse five. I want to start with that. We've looked at a fair bit in Matthew with respect to God teaching the, the disciples how to pray, but that whole passage isn't just the Lord's prayer. But God is telling them how to pray. And in verse 5, he says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Because they stand and they pray, and everybody hears them. So God, Jesus is talking to the disciples and says, when you pray, don't be like that. And then in verse 6, he says, but when you pray. He's telling them, there's a conversation and an invitation that you're having. When you pray, go into your inner room. And I like this, close your door and pray to your father who is in secret. Pray to your father who is in secret. Quite often when it's in secret, you have to pursue that and you have to seek that. Go and find God in the secret. This is an invitation. Prayer is an invitation that God gives to us. But as we continue, we're also going to see that prayer is an invitation that we have to God. It's powerful. Powerful. Prayer is a weapon that you and I have. In our arsenal or in our tool belt that you and I have that can distinguish us from anybody else that is not a believer. We have prayer, we have something, it is alive and it is well. It is not a dead uh, act, it is a live act. We pray to a God who is living. And in, in Matthew, it continues in verse seven, he says, And when you pray, don't do meaningless reputa- repetitions as the Gentiles do. For they suppose that God's going to hear them if they use a lot of words. But he says in verse 8, he says, But your father knows what you have need of before you ask. So it's not always about giving him the need. He knows what you have need of before you ask. But prayer is inviting God into your situation. And then he goes into the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. In verse 9, he says, Our Father who art in, his, in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, listen to this, on earth. We're inviting God's will and his kingdom to come and be on earth. What we're doing is we're inviting God in our prayer, inviting him, heaven. What is in heaven, we want that to be on earth. He says, on earth as it is in heaven. It is the preface of the prayer is an invitation for God to come and to impose his standards, his will, his kingdom, his rule in our life. So prayer is a dialogue, and it's an invitation. It is an invitation where we say, God, I need you in this situation, because I cannot handle this. I can't handle it. I can't figure my way out of this. I am stuck. I am I am perplexed. I am confused. God, I need you to come and speak life into this situation and what we're doing. And when we pray, we are inviting him. We are inviting the king of kings. We are inviting the creator of all to come into our situation. That's powerful. That's amazing. So it's an invitation. We invite God first. And what is amazing about this is it's not about all our needs. He says in verse 8, God already knows our needs ahead of that. But then he says, listen, you invite him into your world. He says, and then you say, give us this day our daily bread. God is not ignorant of our needs. But what it is, is it's placing God first. A couple weeks ago, I preached on seek ye first, the kingdom of God. It's a powerful aspect of priority and placement of where God is in our life. And prayer places him first. Prayer also... Is an exchange. Prayer is an exchange. If you can turn in your Bibles to Philippians four verses six to eight. As a kid, we would do sword drills, and I would love sword drills. And and uh, one of my challenges was I always wanted to win the sword drill. So they'd say Philippians four, six to eight, and you'd put your hand up, and then it would like go. So I found it. I'm quick. I like reading the Word of God. I love sword drills. But Philippians 4, verses 6 to 8, we're talking about prayer. This is an exchange. Listen to this. Paul is writing to them. And Philippians is a book about rejoicing in the trial, rejoicing in the tribulation. It's about rejoicing in prison. And Paul's writing to the people and he says, Listen, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'm going to say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all the men. The Lord is near. He says, Be anxious for nothing. Paul is writing, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And what we're doing is we're taking our anxiety. We're taking our uh, uncertainty. We're taking our sentences that aren't finishing. We're taking our things that aren't adding up, those equations that don't add up. We're taking those places that we're going to walk in that we don't know what to do. The end of the month with all these things happening and we don't know what to do, we're taking all those things and we're taking them and we're saying, you know what? In everything, I'm going to have thanksgiving I'm not going to be anxious about those things, but instead I'm going to come with thanksgiving. It exchanges our anxiety for thanksgiving. That's challenging. And he says, it's not that you're ignorant. He says, but by prayer and supplication, make your requests known. In other words, come and exchange that anxiety for thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for the situation I'm in. Thank you, God, that you are the one who supplies. Thank you, God, that you're going to be the one who carries me and lifts me and pulls me ahead. Thank you, God, that you are the one who walks with me in this fire. Thank you, God, that you are with me to give me wisdom in in dealing with my relationships. Thank you, God, that I don't know what to do, but you're the one who's going to give me wisdom. And what you do is you take those anxious thoughts and you change them and exchange them for prayer and supplication with rejoicing and thanksgiving. He says, and then in verse 7, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension or understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. And what happens is when we take that anxiety, and instead of fretting, and, and what I have found with anxiety is quite often I try to figure it all out. Instead, I take that thing, that confusion, what I don't know, that anxiety, I let it go and I come in with thanksgiving and prayer of uh, thanksgiving and rejoicing. And it says that the God comes and the peace of God exchanges for the anxiety of man. So when we pray, what we do is we enter into an exchange and we are exchanging our anxiety for his peace. Right now, I'm asking God to touch you and give you peace. Just close your eyes for a moment. Close your eyes for a moment and think about something that is causing you a little bit of anxiety. Is there anything that causes you a little bit of unrest? Is there anything causing you a little bit of angst? Right now, just come before God and say, instead of focusing on that, thank Him for His goodness. Thank Him for His peace. Thank Him for his provision. Thank him for his wisdom. And now allow the peace of God to just flood your soul right now. I believe he's doing that right now. Prayer is an exchange. There's another passage where it says, cast all your cares on him. And that word cast actually means to hurl or throw. Not just to say, here you go. But it's like, I've had enough. And just chuck it. Throw it. Hurl it on him. So I want to encourage you. Prayer is an exchange. It's dialogue. It's an invitation. It's an exchange. And the last passage I want to read to you is out of James James chapter 5, where we are being admonished on how to live one with another. And James is is in here, and wouldn't you know it, I've gone to 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and it's right after Hebrews. Start in Genesis and just turn right. James chapter 5. And James here is writing to the people and he says, listen, is anybody among you suffering? And then he must praise anyone cheerful. He's to sing praises. Is anyone sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him. You see the word prayer being used here, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and listen to this and pray for one another so that you may be healed. So prayer is a vital aspect. And then it says the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Your prayers are effective. It says the effective prayer or the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much or can accomplish much. Prayer is is not a useless activity, it is a necessary activity. Prayer is not something that is the last resort. Make prayer your first resort. Don't do things in your own ability and then get frustrated and invite God. Instead, invite God first and invite Him and have dialogue with Him and then see how that can change. It says, "The Fervent prayer of a righteous man, avails much one of the books that I have that studies it also wrote it this way uh, the fervent prayer or the effective prayer of a righteous person it moves the hand of him who moves the world you have an audience with the king and your fervent prayer moves the hand of him who moves the world prayer works You read in the Scriptures time after time after time where it says God heard their cry. God heard them. God saw them. Prayer is crying out to God. Prayer is talking with God, and God hears, listens, and responds. Now I want to give you a couple thoughts with respect to that on how to grow in prayer. How can you grow in prayer? First of all, For anything to grow, something else has to go. Something has to leave or go out of your world in order for something else to grow. So if you want to increase in your grow and grow in your prayer, you have to let something else go. We only have 24 hours a day. Nobody else has more time than the other person. We all have the same amount of time. And if our day is full, We have to examine our day and say, if I want prayer to happen, something has to go. Another thing is get around someone who prays. If you want to learn how to pray, get around somebody who prays. There's a a number of people that I love dearly that are fervent prayer warriors. And I have sat around them and listened to them, how they talk with God and intercede with God. It's powerful. And what I've done is I've learned the language. I've learned how to pray by listening to them. Also, get around the scriptures. Read prayers in the Bible. Jesus prays for you, by the way. Jesus prays for you. The Holy Spirit intercedes for you. We have an advocate in heaven. What's amazing is we think prayer is all about us, but actually God prays Jesus. God prays for you and I. Get around someone who prays. Practice it. Practice prayer. You say, well, that sounds funny. How do I practice prayer? You practice it by doing it making yourself god conscious i once talked to my pastor and i said how did you develop this in your life and he says uh, and it was talking about a certain discipline and he says well it wasn't i didn't just automatically happen he says i had to train my mind to think in this way he says and sometimes i would think in a certain positive manner twice three times And then I started to find out that I was thinking positively more. I was thinking good thoughts about people. I was giving people space. I was, instead of just being judgmental, I I was walking in grace. And as I practiced it and I did it, it became something that became more and more and more a part of my life. So if you want to grow in prayer, practice it. Do it and it will happen. Develop habits around prayer develop a routine. Maybe when you're driving your vehicle, get to a stop sign. Take two seconds. Take five seconds. It's amazing how much we can say in five seconds. Take a moment of time and just open up that dialogue and start conversing with God. What I have found is the more I've done it, it becomes natural. I know another individual, he goes to a meeting, and every time he gets to the door where he's going into that meeting, he'll grab the door handle. And at that moment, he says, God, be with me. And what he's done is he's just said a prayer, but he's invited God into that space. So develop a routine. Every time I walk into a door, I'm just going to say, God, be with me. Doesn't matter where that door leads to, God, be with me. Every time I start the vehicle, Lord, Thank you for this vehicle. And and start to get into a routine. Develop a habit of prayer and thanksgiving. Develop the habit when something has to be, a decision has to be made. Develop the habit of not making a quick decision, but first breathing deep. And then allowing God to speak. Just take a deep breath. How do you develop prayer? You talk with God about everything. Nothing is too small for God to be aware of. He knows every single hair on your head, so anything else isn't smaller than that. So bring everything to him. Talk with him about everything. That's how you develop. That's how you grow Um, bring your concerns bring your joys bring your victories bring your struggles bring your things that that concern you and bring those things that you've had a great time in and that you've succeeded in bring the victories don't just bring the defeats or the challenges bring the victories so i want to encourage you prayer is a weapon that you and i have that is powerful that is strong and that is something that distinguishes us as believers that we can walk in. And in closing, I'd like to just read a passage for you out of numbers. I want to just bless you and encourage you today. I just want to close with this prayer over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. And when I invoke his name, which I have just done, when I invoke his name, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, would you just bless the people today? When I do that, what happens is God says, then I then will bless them. So God bless you today. Walk in his favor, walk in his goodness, and may you have a prayer life that grows and grows and grows. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today.